Welcome to track number 30 of Finish What You Started. And when I say prophetic things, the, the type of prophetic means it's not only pastoral prophetic. I'm not solving pastoral problems here. Even though sometimes, I think last year I told you, what did I tell you? I didn't even remember. Huh? Yeah, last year, um, just, just at the end of the camp, you called me aside and then you said, um, we should, myself and my wife, we should believe God for a child. I mean, and it's just happening. It's, it's, it's in yeah, because they have been married for some time. Yeah. So, that may be a, a pastoral, prophetic something. Bishop, can I say? Pardon? Yeah, just, just the year before, because the year before, that was when we decided to have children. I think she miscarried the year before. Yeah. All right. So, have children, and then you start to have children. Hey! It's like a command. Begin. Are you listening to me? Yes. So, sometimes all these things, they are prophetic. So, as we are preaching, you see, there's a lot of prophetic things that are mixed in it. Sometimes we are laughing as if we are playing. If you like, listen carefully to the thing. You see, as we are laughing, serious things are being said. You see, one day, a certain lawyer, he came to sit in my office. And he told me, he said, you, you are very deceptive. I said, oh, why? He said, oh, you see, you, you are sit, you sit down, you are relaxed as if you are not doing anything, but you are very serious. There's nothing that you are doing that is by accident. As if you are just joking or you are just whatever. But everything is serious. You may not know that it's serious. If you listen to the message, you see that seriously, as if we are jumping, we are dancing, we are playing. Something is being said and people's lives are turning around and change. How many realize that your life is twisting around? Yeah. As if we are joking, but it is happening. Are you listening to me? So, don't me, I don't don't have a drama. I can have the most serious meeting with you on the staircase. I can stand at the door and say, okay, come, come, just come. And that is it. If you think you see me in a suit and tie at the board, I don't even like such things. When I started to wear suits, when I started the church, I wanted people to take me serious. So I, I, I made three suits. Yeah. But now I, I don't wear suits much. Rarely. If I, I don't even have. I have to go and see what I have. Oh, I just wear my shirt, I go. Yeah. But I'm serious. I'm, I'm, I'm managing a multinational organization. Yeah. Or you don't think so? These are my multinational chief executives all around here. Or are you not chief executives? Chief executive of, eh? You, you can, you can. I was just. You became a missionary through what? A, a prophecy. Uh huh. In 1999. That was the first time I, I saw you physically. I just joined the church. 
that you came to Kumasi and preached about the missionary church in Kumasi. Okay. So when you finish the message, you give an altar call. Anybody who wants to be used as a missionary should come. And I was less than 20 years old. And I came forward. And I was the youngest among the people who were standing in front. And then you came and touched my heart. Lord, may you use this young guy one day as a missionary. And it's 10 years now. 10 years. Wow. Amen. So you see, you never know what is a prophecy. Now, let me show you why some prophets are not dramatic or spectacular. You want me to show you why? When they prophesy, it's as if they are not, they are just chatting. Because there are different ways in which the prophecy comes to them. One of the ways the Bible says, and the word of the Lord came unto the prophet saying. So for some of them, they actually hear a word or see something. They have audio visions or video visions. But some of them, the Bible says, and the burden of the Lord came unto the prophet saying. Not the word, the burden or the concern. So some prophets, they, are, they don't have a word, but they suddenly become concerned about something. And I have noticed that in my life and my ministry. That when I become concerned about something, usually there's some kind of direction. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I remember one time I was walking on the golf course with some friends. And I stopped and I turned to one of them and I began to discuss the life and the health of somebody. Within a few months, the person was dead. I stopped under a tree. I said, come and let's discuss something. I said, said, I'm very concerned about this. Within a few months, the person was dead. Hey! The Bible says, and the burden of the Lord came unto the prophet. Not the word. You go and look it up in your Bible. See that? There are some prophets, they don't have words. <laughs> they have burdens. Like Jeremiah, he was burdened for the people of Israel. Amen. Amen. That they were going to perish. So go and look for that phrase. You see it all through your Bible. It's not very common, but it's there. And one day I realized that this, this seems to be how I am prophesying about things by becoming concerned. So, take note. Amen. Amen. Follow anything you hear God telling you. Especially if you feel you are being drawn. If you don't follow those things, you will never fulfill your ministry. Hey. Do you know how I first came to South Africa to preach in Devon? And so many places. I I felt myself drawn to somebody who was building a big church. That is Yongicho. Bible says that I will draw him. So I felt myself being drawn, being interested in Yongicho, even though his magazine was the most boring magazine I'd ever seen before. And in the magazine, they were always talking about goals and visions, which I didn't understand. And you notice I rarely preach about having goals and having visions, because I don't seem to understand that thing much. 
But I felt drawn to him. I went to a program in Switzerland where he was preaching. I was not able to see him. Then I decided to go to Korea in 1994, I think it was, 1993 or 4. Hey! And I've been going. It is through going to Korea that almost, almost I mean, maybe 70% of the international ministry that I am involved in, or maybe even more, 90% maybe, comes from having gone to Korea. Yeah. I kept being interested. I never knew there was even a board. Before I realized I was recommended onto the board, I was on the board. Before I realized I've been recommended to do this. Before I realized this. Since then, at some certain point, every year I've been invited to preach there. This year I've been invited to preach in the Olympic Stadium. Yes, with the Young Church. So it's a blessing. The Colombian Crusade, everything. I was in a lift in Korea. And a young a South American man came and said, I want to invite you to Panama. I thought he was, I, I just looked at him, I want to invite him. I said, well, okay. I mean, why would you want to invite me? He was standing there, I want to invite him. And before I realized, he sent me an invitation with a picture of a huge church. And uh, the next thing I knew, I was in Panama. When I was arriving in Panama, he has bought tickets for me to Colombia. The next moment, I knew I was in Colombia. The next time I... Well, he has bought a ticket. As soon as I arrived in Panama, finished preaching there three times, then I was in Argentina. The next time I was in Bolivia. The next time I was in Paraguay. The next time I was in uh, Cartagena. The next time I was here, I was in Mexico. Now I have a Mexican girl who works for me. I was in Korea. I stood in Korea. The man said, I will invite you to pray. And he knows everybody in Latin America because he has one of the largest churches and connections in the whole place. He took me from place to place like that. Sent me. Paid. Bought ticket. Go. Go there and preach. Go have crusade. Go the crusade where I saw the dead race is from the lift where the man said, eh, I want to invite you to Colombia. And he called me in Colegono from Panama in Spanish. I want you to come. Will you come in January? Hey. When God is drawing you and you reject those prophetic things, before you realize you, all that he has planned for you is not happening anymore. <laughs> Then I started getting openings to Asia. You see? Are you there? Yeah. Malaysia. I was there and I got an invitation to Malaysia from one of the right hand men of Korea, of Yonggicho. All this from just being drawn to Korea. He invited me, invited me an invitation. Come to Malaysia and preach. When I got there, I, the person who picked me, picked us, my wife and I from the airport, I asked him as we were going. I didn't know he was going to tell the senior pastor. I said, why did they invite me? I asked, why did you invite me? Why did they go? I didn't know him. <laughs> so when, when I got finally to see the senior pastor who I invited me, he said, I hear you were asking why I invited you. <laughs> Loyalty must not withhold information. I was so embarrassed that he was asking me because I was just I was just wondering why on earth he's not my, I don't know him from anywhere. Hey. Then I was invited to Indonesia from the same connection to preach in the largest church in the world building in Indonesia. Then to Korea, I've preached in different churches in Korea. Then to Singapore. Now I've been invited to Philippines. It's all from being drawn to one thing. Books are 
all over the place. It's, it's interesting. So the burden of the Lord, I started, I used to go with Bishop Saki to, a, I went to a town called Suhum to pray with Yonkicho's tapes. We were playing. Church growth and prayer, that's the topic. Church growth and prayer in his broken English. And we'll play church growth and prayer and we'll fast and pray and listen to it in Suhum. Because that's where I caught the anointing. So I thought there was something in Suhum. So I said, let's go back to Suhum. <laughs> and after that, we'll play another tape. Check growth and miracles by Young Gicho. I played. I was interested in the man, not in anything else. Church growth and fasting. Church growth and cell system. Oh, I was listening to them. Soaking. Church growth. Church growth. Church growth. Church growth. Church must grow. Church can grow. Church must grow. Church can grow. Wow. Are you listening to me? Can I ask you, what is God drawing you towards? Perhaps he's drawing you towards your destiny. What is he making you interested in? Who is he making you like? You don't easily like people. When you start to like somebody, usually that desire and that liking is from God. That is what I believe. God makes you like people. One day, I was talking to a certain person who works for me. <laughs> and I realized something. That God had not given me a lot of people who liked me. But he had given me some people who were drawn to me. And God told me, be careful with the people who have been drawn to you. Because not so many people have been drawn to give up everything and follow you. But this is one of the people. So handle with care. Handle with care. Yeah. Because many of you, you could help me. You could do so. But you have not been drawn to help me. You have been drawn to watch me. I have been drawn to listen. I have been drawn to say it's great. But you have not been drawn to help me. You are not giving yourself to help me. But a few people have been drawn to do that. Are you there? So you see, not everybody is going to be drawn to you, but some people will be drawn to you. Look at Rick Joyner. God drew me to him in a bookshop. And I became interested in what he was writing. It has changed my life. Most people don't understand his books. Even the cover of his book. The first time I saw his book, I read it. When I went home, I realized I had two copies in my books. I never, I, the cover even will not attract you. It's so mystical. The final quest, even the title is mysterious. What is the final quest? <laughs> Are you there? Yeah. So when some publishers took over his book, they renamed the book The Vision, which is a, a more attractive title than The Final Quest. But he, and he wrote in his, one of his books called Shadows of Things to Come. He said, this is a book I hope a lot of people will not read because this, this, this is, I don't want many people to read. <laughs> You've written a book, you don't want people to read it. What kind of prophet are you? It's fantastical. One day I was talking to my friend. 
He said, please read it and explain to, her, to us. We don't understand it. And I, I could understand. Because me, myself, when I was reading his book, I gave it to my wife. I was flying to South Africa. I gave her one of the joiners, but I said, I don't understand. Read it. After about 30 minutes, I said, what has he said? Do you understand? I said, I don't understand. It's not easy to understand. <laughs> so, brothers and sisters, who, what is God drawing you to? God is drawing me to a certain brother in the church. I am not talking about marriage desire or lust. I'm talking about drawing to something spiritual. Jesus said, unless the Father draws, you cannot come. So he didn't struggle with people. Pastor Cliff, your people can never follow you to Ethiopia unless the Father has drawn them. Never, never, never. It will never happen. Their father has to draw them. Otherwise, they will never come. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me? So I want to encourage all of you to believe prophetic things. And when you are relating with me, be careful. The joke may be about your life. The example may be true. Some of the examples are true. Sometimes I say, for instance, this brother, this, 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 sometimes it's true. Sometimes it's not true. Sometimes it's actually a prophetic. So sometimes people who know me, they don't like being used as bad examples. <laughs> so they have seen people being used as bad examples. Who became that bad example? That it was actually a prophecy of the person's behavior. And he fully went into it too. I. Huh? Yeah, yeah, tell us. Help me preach. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, recently. Uh, uh, they cannot. Look. Angel police. Look. Get to the job now because this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody should get water ready to pour it on him. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is just something that uh, happened just a few, uh, like a two months ago. You know, my wife has been having high, I mean, high blood pressure. But every, so every time she checks, I just jokingly check mine. But mine was very low. So everything was perfect. But then I called you and you were talking about something totally different. Then you asked me that. Obi, have you been playing the golf? Then suddenly, I had not been playing for some time. But suddenly, the of God, your father is giving you a warning. So when I went back home, as usual, she was checking her, but I went to check mine. Suddenly, it had increased. <laughs> and I, I said, this is the warning that your father was giving you. So I just went to a new golf course paid for the year twice a year uh, twice a week i'm there playing see lord and i asked the lord to forgive me <laughs> but the lord told me when you just asked because the question came out of the blue from what we we're talking about we we're talking about something totally different 
you know, and just that sentence. You ask that question and then Hello? you Why just... Why do you want something that is working? Huh? Echo. Hello? When you asked me, then you continued with the original topic we were talking about as if you didn't even wait for an answer. I just said, eh, and then you said, okay, so what we're saying, it's like, the, I didn't hear the rest of the conversation. It's like, this is the warning that what your father has told you to do, do it. So, I repented seriously. Mercy. Hey! There was a little boy. He, and he wanted to prove that the old man was not right. Always. <laughs> hey! So, brothers and sisters, sometimes the prophetic word in the midst of preaching, something strikes you, bends on your heart, touches you, you feel it, you want it. Do you get it? You have to learn it. Most of us are not going to get prophetic word by an angel that you see with your eyes or an angelic visitation. No. It's not common. Do you know why it's not common? Because God wants to give you a very big reward. Do you know Stevie Wonder? One day Stevie Wonder came to our church. The one who said, I just came God to say I love you. Yeah, that guy. He came to our church. And we said, oh, he should at least play, sing something. So we held his hand and he climbed the stairs blind like this. And was brought to the piano. And he played the piano. Alright. And he played the piano and he sang something. Now, later on, somebody who played the piano said that he's not like so good at playing the piano. But the thing is that because he's blind, it makes what he's doing far greater than what it actually is. Do you see? And so, God has intentionally made you blind. Not to see spirits, angels, all these things, heaven. You can't see anything. Then he just tells you something. And then you are able to do and to win and to succeed even though you can't see a thing. That's what makes you so wild. The angels are watching. This guy, he hasn't seen heaven before. Look at how he's doing. What about if he was to see it? That's why I saw that God prevents you from a vision. I tell you, pray and pray and pray. I say that no vision will work. It's just for your reward. Because the blinder you are and the more things you are able to accomplish in the midst of the darkness, the greater the achievement and the greater the reward. So don't worry if you are not seeing some of these dramatic dreams and visions and whatever. As you hear a word like this and it just wraps in your spirit. Wraps in your spirit. Before Juanita died, the first time we had what we call shuffling conference, I put on my agenda, death of a spouse. That a spouse of somebody dies, what will you do? Then after that, anytime we had a meeting, I always put it on. And one day I went to a place that we pray and I saw the paper there. Death, I had come to that place to pray and I have written, my secretary had given me, I had given her the things to remind me what to do. She had printed all I'd give it to. I went, I pulled the door. After that time, she had died. I pulled out and I saw the notes there. Death of 
spouse again. About five times. Every time I look at the people at the beach, I feel these people will not understand what I want to talk about. Then I'll say, I won't discuss it. Every time. It was a burden that was on me. And I always say, we need to talk about death if your husband dies or if your wife dies. What will happen? What will you do? Blah, 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 blah. I kept on bringing. All the time, I kept talking about it. Uh, it was, I was prophesying. I was prophesying. This is something that is going to happen to you. It's something that is coming. But I see, the prophecy was not, ah! Ah! I see something. I see a brown coffin. Hey! The person inside is very tall. No. There was nothing like that. They were just calling my secretary. Barry, come, write this down. Remind me, one, two, three, four. Death if somebody dies. This, 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 this. Every year. Just, do you remember? I would bring it up. We have to talk about it. Very, it's very important. We were there. And it came on us. Oi! Are you there? See Simukai? He died. There are many of you, I don't talk, may not speak to you personally or even remember him. But last year, I came here. And Simukai, I spoke to him. Is it not true? Yeah. Then I told him, come to Ghana. Come to Ghana. Hey! He's our, our pastor, one of our pastors. Then to show you that I remember, when I went back, I called one of my secretaries who worked with me. I said, Serena, there is somebody in Zimbabwe. It is after the camp. Some weeks past, I called. I said, there is somebody in Zimbabwe called Simukai. I don't remember the name Simukai. I think that is something, something, something. But he's from Zimbabwe. And I want him to come. So I said, send him a message. Did they call you? They called. I said, call. She, she, she will not forget. She called. Tell him this, he should come. And make, I told her, do anything for him to come. That's what I said. Anything that needs to be done, do it and let him just come. I didn't know he was going to die. Maybe, prophetically, you see, God was trying to extract, it was a last attempt. Come out of that place, because you are destined to die there. I could not believe my ears when I heard that he was dead. I said, so I called her after. I said, did you do everything that I said you should do to make sense? She said, I called him. I spoke to this. I think she spoke to you. She spoke to you. She, she spoke to him. She spoke to me. Uh, I, I spoke to him. He phoned, he phoned her. And uh, they, they, they made arrangements. And that was the yeah. last uh, communication. Hey. You see, I'm just trying to say that it may not come in that way. And I'm saying that like a camp and I know I have so many people, but I just remember that guy. I said, no, there's a guy. And he told me, he said, I work on tracks. I can work on So I asked him, what type of track can you work on? What kind of tracks can you work on? Can you work on healing Jesus tracks and so on? I said, anyway, whatever it is, just come. <laughs> and we, all our tracks are brand new now. So we don't even need somebody to work on tracks. And from last year we decided but I still wanted him to come because me I always want you to come nearer Amen. come closer come closer come closer you always I want you to come nearer don't be far closer to me closer to me I want to heal you and 
closer. You will hear the Father say, come closer. Amen. Are you listening? So don't, don't joke with this prophetic thing. I'm, I'm just giving you a special, that's what that lawyer was trying to say when he sat in my office. He said, you are, you are deceptive. About your style is deceptive. You, you are just as if you are casual. You are just sitting there as if you are just 
not serious about anything or doing any having a board meeting or anything but you are very serious and you are doing things and making executive decisions moving things doing things but you will not know hey riders watch out you bible says jesus walked with them but they did not recognize him because he came in another form all right so if all you are used to saying, that says the Lord. Shaba pala shiba. She. Pashaba. No. It may be a very simple question that your pastor will ask you. Are you alright? Everything okay? You alright? Amen. Okay. Good, good. Second, how many people? You may, you may, you may, you may sit down. How many people do you have? How many people do you have? Number one is who? Demas. Hey. What happened to Demas? Examples of people who did not finish. Examples of people who did not finish. Number one is who? Demas. And why did he not finish? Huh? He forsook his ministry. Amen. He abandoned. Number two? Judas. Hey. Number three, we've talked about Judas, isn't it? Why Judas betrayed Christ. And we talk about what what Jesus did for Judas. So many things, isn't it? He called him. He said, come. Wow. And then what else? Three is Lucifer. What ministry did Lucifer have? Worship ministry. Did he finish it? Did he start it? Did he finish what he started? No. No. That is number four, right? Number three. Number four is who? Four is who? Number five. Number five is who? Elijah's first servant. to his servant, 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 43 go up now and look toward the sea and he went up and looked and he said there is nothing and he said go again seven times this is the servant who saw the cloud when Elijah prayed and it rained this is the servant I'm talking about Elijah had two servants Gehazi and the first guy who is nameless nameless servant isn't it? Elijah had Elisha had two servants. Is it Elijah or Elisha? Elijah. 
Elijah had two servants. The first was the first was nameless, and the second was Elisha. Yes. So the nameless servant even did not get his name registered. Because he did not finish his work. He is the one who saw the prophets of Baal being slain. He saw all the power. By the time Elisha came, there was no more power. Elijah, Elijah was just running around. Elijah was just running around. But the guy who saw the power, he did not enter the ministry. Huh? Hey! You must decide I will never let you go. I will never let you go. Tell your neighbor, I will never let him go. And First Kings chapter 19 verse 2. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, 19 verse 2, If I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow. That's the prophecy he had killed. And when he saw that he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die and he said it is enough now O lord take away my life for i am not better than my father's but notice that, that verse three i think it is he left his servant there but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness that is the last time you hear of this guy hey and the servant too he was being left and he allowed himself to be left when you are being left behind don't allow yourself to be left behind huh you got to heed the call amen you got to not allow yourself to be left behind you have to decide i will never let you go you must say to your church i will never let you go lighthouse you brought me up you helped me to know the lord you've changed my life why should i let you go why should i allow a satan to come now to work on my heart and my soul no i'm going to survive what have you been through what have you survived? What, how many years have you survived? I will never let Jesus go out of my life. Amen. Search for me. Draw me closer to you. Reveal your secret heart's desire. And all-consuming fire. You always know me. You always hear my cry. In the shelter of your arms, I'm satisfied. Lord Jehovah Belshazzai, yes, you are the Lord Almighty. How I long to seek your Praise, tell the world about your greatness. 
keeps reminding you over and over again into the sea of forgetfulness as far as this from the west seventy times seven you've forgiven me and you keep planting me cleansing my sin into the sea of I only need to ask You erase all of my past forever My debts have all been paid And they have all been washed away Into the sea of forgetfulness You placed all of my sins I'm the one who keeps reminding you over again into the sea of forgetfulness as far as this from the west seventy times seven you've forgiven me and you keep cleansing me cleansing my sin into the sea of forgetfulness it's your Into the sea of forget.